Welcome back for another year of Sales Pipeline Radio. As we grab our boards and swim out into the sea of ideas with the man who's 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 going to take us to new... Uh, I'm trying to come up with a new image here. Uh, he's going to take us out to see new islands of discovery that we've never found before. Paul, happy new year. How are you doing? I'm, I'm hanging in there. My voice is still a little rocky. Still got still battling a cold I had right before the holiday, but uh, hoping that you'll cheer me up with some uh, good news here. Well, I am. I'm a little. You know, I was a little hoping for the surf the waves of the sales pipeline today. <laughs> I am. Um, so happy New Year! I am. We are recording today live from uh, North San Diego, ah. uh, where taking the family down for a little. Uh, little post-holiday uh, beach time slash Rose Bowl game a couple of days ago. There you go. And I'm literally staring out at the Pacific Ocean right now. So I don't get to do that very often as we record the uh, the pipeline. But here we are. Catch a board and swim out there and see what you see what you can find. I can't balance on a sidewalk, <laughs> so the, the, the surfboard is not in my future, but it is really nice to be down here. It was awesome to be at the Rose Bowl early. I do have a question for you. Maybe yes. I'll ask our, okay. our this question as well. Every year, I'm always curious, when do you have to stop saying Happy New Year? Because I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's January 3rd today. It's clearly yeah. still, we can still say it. We can but still at what it. point do, does it become weird? After you suddenly realize that the New Year's not going to be different than the last year, and so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or it's just not going to be happy. Not going to be happy. So. And, yeah, I always figure if it's sometime in January and you haven't spoken to someone yet, Happy New Year is still okay. And then I think sometime around the Super Bowl, you should probably give it up. Once yeah. we're act, once it's reasonable to start buying Valentine's stuff, been literally at the store for the last week already. Um, I think that's the time when it's ready to go. Somewhere right, well, it fades away. Had, yeah. yeah, clearly I've already had enough coffee this morning. But uh, welcome to, as Paul said, another year of Sales Pipeline radio very excited to have you joining us if you're joining live on the funnel media radio network listening at work today happy new year hope the year is off to a great start uh it is the second work day of the year and uh, hopefully you are already uh focused on the goals you need to achieve if you're joining us from the podcast thank you so much for subscribing our numbers continue to be very humbling as they grow so thank you very much for everyone who subscribes uh to sales pipeline radio through the itunes store through Google Play, through Stitcher, and all the great places the podcasts are available. And every episode, Sales Pipeline Radio is always available, past, present, and future, at salespipelineradio.com. We are featuring every week some of the best and brightest minds in sales and marketing. And B2B today is absolutely no different. Very, very excited to have with us. Very first episode of 2019, Scott. We've got Scott Ingram. He is a long-time B2B sales uh, professional, highly successful in a number of companies uh, in his career in marketing technology, currently an account director at Relationship One, also the author of the new, fairly new book uh, published in October of 2018, Sales Success Stories, 60 Stories from 20 Top 1% Sales Professionals. Scott, how you doing? I'm great, Matt. You know, you guys usually talk about sports, and I, I was going to revel in my Longhorns taking down Georgia in the in the Sugar Bowl, but I didn't get the opportunity. Well, you know why we can't go there is because the engineer who usually starts the conversation is in deep mourning for the Minnesota Vikings, who didn't even make the playoffs this year after going to the championship game last year, and my Michigan Wolverines, who continue to uh, explode in the big games here. So that's why we're staying away from sports here this time. Oh no! Let's lean we'll in. I mean, we don't right have to it. talk about Harbaugh, the job security, right now. That's a whole other. That's a lot more. Oh than my hour episode. goodness! I thought Texas, Georgia. I was that was a thorough and consistent beating of what could have been 
a playoff team in Georgia. So your Longhorns did very well. My my Huskies, unfortunately, decided to only play the second half of the fourth quarter in the <laughs> right. Bowl. And so I think if they would have had literally like four and a half more minutes, they might have been a little closer to winning that game. But, um, yeah, it's been fun the last, last month or so to watch uh to watch the college football game and at least we got at least our uh, seahawks are still in the playoffs we got a big game coming up this weekend the wild card uh weekend but uh, scott so as a sales professional someone who's been involved in in selling for a very long time successfully in a number of different companies what does new year mean to you what does january 3rd mean to you as a sales professional and what are you doing and focused on to set up a successful year for yourself well, and unfortunately for all of us in sales, January 3rd means my number's at zero. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, there's, there's always the, the reset of the clock, but with that comes the fresh start. I'm in a really fortunate position here where I've been in the same role for the last three years working on a, a pretty consistent set of accounts. So my work for 2019 began uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, but, you know, like like everybody, right, it's refreshing those relationships. This is a, a very interesting transition week because a lot of folks still aren't back. So I've, I've been kind of feeling people out just to see if they've even made it into the office yet. It is interesting. I mean, I think, you know, for those of you that are looking for sort of a fast start to the year, it's January 3rd. There's some people still at work. I, there are some offices that I think are still closed this entire week. You know, I'm sitting here in uh, San Diego. My kids are, are off school until Friday, until next Monday. So I think a lot of people are taking advantage of that. There's nothing much you could do about that, though, right? I mean, like, I feel like this happens a lot during the second half of Jan- December. It happens at the end of November, depending on when Thanksgiving lands. And you may lose a number of selling days, you know, just based on when the calendar lands. I, I mean, as a sales professional, that doesn't change your number, though, right? I mean, you still have to hit your number. It just may take you a couple more days to get going. How do you mentally sort of adjust for that? How do you How do you figure out how to get yourself on track when people do start showing up? Well, I, I think you just have to recognize that it's going to happen. It's it's part of the natural business cycle. You know, the summer tends to slow down as well. And, you know, you reach out and you have conversations where you can. I mean, this has been a really productive week for me so far because the folks that are in the office are really dialed in, right? I mean, they're, they're ready to go. It's the beginning of their year, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of great conversations that can happen this time of year as we start to think about what's going to, what are we going to do together in, in 2019 and those types of conversations. And then, you know, when it doesn't work and the, the guy you really need to talk to isn't going to be here until next week, then, you know, you, you work on the, you work on the planning and you work on the goal setting and you work on really laying that foundation and coming up with the plan that's going to help you get to the end of the year in the place that you really want to end up. Well, and as you and I both know, I mean, like, you know, there's always some reason why you're not able to hit your number, right? There's always going to be an excuse. Either like people aren't back in the office or nobody answers their phone anymore or it's August and everyone's on vacation. I mean, there isn't a perfect selling environment. So I think some of this is having having a proactive plan. Some of this is just managing through what is just sort of the adversity that often comes with selling, knowing that the majority of people you talk to aren't going to buy, the majority of people you call aren't going to answer their phone. And so it really kind of gets me back to sort of the mental game of sales. I mean, it's not just making more phone calls. It's the mental game of knowing what it takes to get through some of those quote unquote excuses other people make. What have you seen in your time? I mean, you spent a lot of time in this book and really even before this book with your podcast and with your, your, some of your other content, talking to some of the most successful salespeople, what are some of the common mental best practices they bring that help them overcome some of the excuses other people bring to the table? 
Yeah, good, you know, good question. And, and one of the things that happened with the book is as I asked folks for these stories, initially we tried to figure out a framework and decide, okay, what, what are the most important topics that we need to make sure we cover and how are we going to organize this and structure this? At a certain point, I just sort of gave up and said, look, forget about that. Write the stories about the things that are most important and most impactful for you and I'll figure out how to organize them. And the organization ended up being four main sections. And it's no accident that the first section is a a little over a dozen stories on mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. So the mindset is is so, so critical and important. And it, at the end of the day, it just becomes having a practice around it and being mindful of your mindset, going into this and having some intention and being thoughtful about how am I coming across? How am I feeling? What can I do to shore that up? And, and so much of this, like sales to me feels like a game of momentum in so many ways. So yeah. I think it's really important to find whatever ways you can, and you have to do it in ways that you fully control, right? That aren't dependent on the outcome of somebody else doing something or not doing something. So things that you can control that are going to make you feel like, look, I'm winning. I'm making a difference. I have this momentum. And it gives you that confidence. And, and I, I, I love the word swagger too, right? Like when you're mm. winning and you see, I mean, we're, we're in the, we're into the playoffs with football and, and we're into the bowl season with, with college football. You can see it. Like when guys are on the field and they have that swagger and they have that confidence, nine times out of 10, that team is going to win. So you got to find a way to get that for yourself. Is there a difference between swagger and arrogance? Not only in terms totally. of how you manage yourself as a professional, how you manage yourself amongst your peers, and how you approach your prospects. I, look, I completely agree with you. I think your attitude and your confidence, and to a certain extent your swagger, it reflects externally on people's uh, perception of you in a positive way if you do it well. It also helps you manage your game. But I've, I mean, we've both probably seen people that may take it a little too far. Where's the line, and, and where do you? how do you sort of – How do you manifest that in a productive way? Here's the thing to me that was really the the most surprising. And and Matt, let me give just a a little bit of context sort of around the the podcast and and the book. So I started the Sales Success Stories podcast uh, coming up on two and a half years ago. And I felt like there was just sort of a gap in the marketplace. There's a ton of sales content out there, but none of it was coming from top salespeople who are at the top of the game today. And, and you and I have talked a lot about just how sales is, is evolving. It's a different world than it was 5, 10, and 15 years ago, right? So the, the idea was to really talk to the best of the best and find out what are you actually doing that is proving to be successful in in today's environment. And I'd been doing the show for a while, and then last year we hosted the first Sales Success Summit. And that was the point that I got it, because what the experience that we all had in that event, and everybody that presented is somebody that's you know literally number one in their sales organization or in the top 1% and has been on the podcast, and you felt this sense of humility this care about client outcomes. And Mm -hmm. it it was really stereotype busting, even for me, right? Because I've been in sales a long time. I've seen a lot of salespeople. And what I realized was our perception, what we think 
is driving the best salespeople and what the best salespeople are doing is really, really wrong and usually based on really stupid movies. The core of it is that humility and that caring. And if you combine that with the confidence and the swagger, then you're going to end up in a good place and you're not going to end up in this ego, arrogant sort of trap. Talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Scott Ingram, who has written the new book, Sales Success Stories, 60 Stories from 20 Top 1% Sales Professionals. And you can certainly find this book anywhere fine books are sold, as well as uh, Amazon.com and others. And uh, before we take a quick break here, Scott, you know, what, what compelled you to want to put all this together? I think you know, like it's been fascinating to me to watch your career, not only as a successful sales rep, but also someone who has invested a lot of time creating content to give back to the industry. I think some of this, because you sell into MarTech, I imagine that some of this probably has a material impact on your own pipeline from a network standpoint. But um, kind of what's, where's the passion come from to put this together? Yeah, well, so we, we touched on the first one, right, which which to me was just sort of a missing voice in, in the marketplace, right? What are, what are mm-hmm. the best salespeople actually doing? In a lot of ways, this is a very, very selfish project for me, though, right? I, I've always, my entire career, I've heard the Jim Rohn quote that says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. But I never really intentionally acted on that until I started this show. And just by nature of, I mean, podcasting is such an incredible platform because it's about dialogue, it's about conversation, and you build relationships through it. So, you know, I'm, I'm up to 58, 59 episodes at this point, and that's 58, 59 relationships that I have built and 59 mentors uh, that I have developed. And so the material impact on my own results is more because of that. It's, it's just because I'm able to surround myself with the best people and be able to ask them questions. And then again, through the podcast and through the book and through the summit, I'm able to share those mentors a little bit more broadly and a little bit more publicly. Love it. We're going to have to take a quick break, pay some bills. We'll be right back with more with Scott Ingram. We're going to talk more about some of the success stories and best practices from the best sales professionals, also the impact it can have and the lessons it has for B2B marketers as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. Are you tired of sending sales emails and wondering if they're ever even opened? Well, if so, you need MailTag. MailTag is a Chrome browser extension for your Gmail that allows you to track your emails in real time. You receive alerts right away, right on your desktop, as soon as your emails are read. And as a special thank you for being a listener of this podcast, we've teamed up with MailTag to provide you guys with a very special discount on your MailTag subscription. So listen up, grab your pen, you're going to want to write this down. It's the promo code Heinz, H-E-I-N-Z. Use that and you can get 50% off for life. That's right, forever. If you want to just check it out, you can start a completely free 14-day trial by going to MailTag.io. No credit card required. Check it out, see if you like it. And if you do, use the promo code Heinz to get 50% off for life. Well, that's all we can tell you. It's up to you to do the rest. Find out if your emails are read. Quit guessing. The way we do business is advancing faster than ever before. Yet amongst the disruptions, there's one pillar that stays standing through it all, the power of a relationship. Relationships are at the core of everything. So how are today's organizations developing, nurturing, and leveraging them to drive success? 
Join Matt Hines and Sigster's VP of Marketing, Justin Keller, for the on-demand webinar, The State of Relationship Marketing, and learn how your team can bridge the gaps between relationships and revenue. Listen now at HeinzMarketing.com. That's H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com. All right, back to Matt and his guests as they talk about the relationships they've built from their different podcasts here. You know, it's interesting to, to hear Scott talk about that, Paul, because I think he, the way he's using it is not only to create content, but also to meet people he wants to meet, to spend time with people he wants to meet. I mean, it's, you know, we're three plus years into doing Sales Pipeline Radio, and not only has it been a fun way to invite people into a value-added conversation where we learn, we all learn from them. I get to spend time with someone that I may not otherwise have known. But the more readers we get and the more listeners we get, the more people come and say they want to be on the show as well. So you end up sort of having this exponential impact of people that you meet, stories you hear, content you you're exposed to and um you know as a service provider it's great for us and i know for you know if you're if you're a sales professional trying to build a pipeline in a market your ability to have more of those conversations is um is is instrumental it's no surprise that scott ingram our guest today on sales pipeline radio has been so successful in his career in selling uh as part of this as well and scott i think we've been talking about lessons for salespeople. want to spend a little more time talking about that but why should b2b marketers read this book as well what's in it for them and why should the their reading list at the beginning of 2019. Yeah, I, I love that you're thinking about that, Matt. I mean, w- one of the things I, I straddle those two worlds, right? I've, I am a seller. I have been a seller the whole of my career, but the majority of my career, I have worked with marketers. And so for me, I, I feel and see and experience the sales and marketing divide acutely, and it pains me. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think that there is, going back to stereotypes, right, there's a misunderstanding on both sides about what the other side does, right? And there's there's a lot of blame and everything else. I think the value of this book to a marketer is getting inside the head and understanding how are great salespeople really thinking? And I hope that they come away with sort of the same experience that I did, that is, wow, these these people are actually nothing like what I thought they were. These aren't people who are going to run over their own grandmother in the name of a commission check. Um, they really do fundamentally care. I think that that relationship and the, between sales and marketing is important. The empathy is important. I, I look at some of the things that are making salespeople successful and some of the things we've talked about in terms of maybe not – well, I guess I was going to say maybe not swagger, but I think about some of the best you know, B2B marketers and demand gen- generation professionals that are partnered with salespeople that, we, that we, you and I both get to work with in this industry. I mean, they're people that have – not an ego, but a level of confidence. They have a level of resilience. Um, they're not, you know, sort of always running a fire drill to make the next campaign sort of the be all end all. They're less in the hacking business and more in the systems scalability business. And I think that that's a, it's a different mentality and it takes a little bit of thinking through the long play, right? I mean, you have to have a plan for what you're going to do today. But I know just in reading your book and hearing the secrets of people, like a lot of your best salespeople aren't just worried about you know, making their 40 dials today. They're thinking about, they're knowing that some days you do it, some days you don't. Some days you hit your lead number, some days you don't. But the long play is what most people are after, and that's where most people end up seeing their success. Well, absolutely. And, and I think the difference in a lot of this for both sides, 
comes down to the difference between tactics and process. And there's so much focus on the nitty-gritty of the tactics and, like, what subject line are you going to use and that kind of stuff. But you know what? If you've got a really solid process, whether you're a marketer or you're a seller, you're going to be more successful, right? And that ended up being the last biggest section of the book was just around sales process because what I've found is that the most consistently successful, that's the other thing I, I really qualify on, is I'm not really interested in interviewing folks that won the sales lottery, right, and just sort of walked into a mega deal and, and look like heroes when they really didn't do the work. It was probably a marketer <laughs> that did that work and, and pulled that opportunity in. But instead, you know, they have figured out who they are, what makes them tick, what their unique skills and capabilities are. And they've, they've really treated sales as a craft and created a process that they can consistently repeat. And again, I, I think understanding what those processes often look like for the marketer is going to be really valuable as well, because if we can tie those two things together, if you can tie the marketing process together with the sales process and have real alignment there and do that through conversations, you're going to have better outcomes. Everybody's going to do this, do this better. And I mean, this, this is always a fun project for me because it gives me a great deal of empathy trying to market a podcast and a book and some of the other things that I do. And man, this stuff's hard, Matt. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, like it, if, it, if it was easier, people there'd be a lot more people doing it, right? I think there'd be a lot more people that would be doing it consistently as opposed to starting something and not necessarily sticking through it. And, you know, speaking of the long play and sort of the fundamentals, one of the things that I've also noticed in your book, in your writings, as well as in your podcast and, this, and, this, and the secrets to sales success you promote is there aren't a lot of shiny new objects there. There isn't a lot of flavors of the month. I don't see you talking deeply about sort of the social selling flavor of the month. You talk a lot about mindset. You talk a lot about approach. You talk a lot about relationship building. I imagine that's not an accident, that, you, like, that you're really noticing that the long-term, uh, sustainable, repeatable success stories in sales are based on fundamentals that have been around for a while and that are probably going to be around for a while longer. Oh, for sure, right? And and the the core of this, and again, it's it's the same in marketing too, right? While there has been this huge sea of technological change. And I, I think marketing in that sense is probably further ahead than sales is. I, I feel like, I mean, I've been watching the marketing sea change, for the, and hell, I've been a part of it for the last 10 years or so. I think sales is, I don't know, maybe at year four or five in, in that same journey. But the core fundamentals, right, like engaging with people and caring about them and having a differentiated message that is about them and, and has value to it, it's all the same stuff. And so, again, I'm going to come back to developing that process that that works, right? It's it's about fundamental things. The icing on the cake is all of the shiny objects and, and new things that we can try. And maybe that gives us opportunities uh, to enhance things. I think there's absolutely value in being aware of those components. But they really, at the end of the day, shouldn't make up more than, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 percent of, of what's going on. The core, the foundation has to be solid before you're before you're going and playing with all that stuff. I'm going to wrap up here in a couple minutes with Scott Ingram. He is the author of the new book, Sales Success Stories. Uh, you can certainly find and buy a copy on Amazon.com. I also encourage you 
encourage you to check out top1.f. We'll learn more about the book and the content there. And Scott, I mean, now clearly you are a very curious person, spent a lot of time trying to learn. Who are some of the other people in your career that have been really instrumental in, um, you know, in, in helping you get to where you are today? They can be mentors, they can be authors, they can be alive or dead. But who are some other people that you might want to recognize or that you want to recommend other people seek out to learn from as well? Gosh, that's a, that's a huge question, Matt. And <laughs> at one point, I made that list, and it was it was incredibly long. I, you know, I treat almost every interaction as an opportunity to learn. Any time that you get to have that conversation, and, and I, I think you call, the key word in all of this is curiosity, right? Just mm-hmm. asking questions, being curious, digging into whether I'm talking to my clients and prospects and trying to understand what they're trying to achieve and what's driving that and, and what organizationally they're trying to achieve, but also personally what they're trying to achieve and, and what that means. And then all of the people that I have worked with one person that I will call out that I know you know, Matt, um, when I joined Eloqua, our chief revenue officer was Alex Schupin, Uh And Alex is now the CEO of Workfront. I learned a ton from Alex. And, and one of his fellow leaders at, at Eloqua who'd been with him for a while once described him as a leader savant. Uh, and I, I think that's a pretty accurate description. It was just, it, it was very, very simple things. He had this like core playbook and approach and he explained it so simply. It didn't change radically and we were, it allowed us to always really be on the same page. And one of the stories that I wrote for the book is, is about uh, a process that Alex really brought to the sales team but became pervasive through the organization that was about getting it done and doing it right. That model is really game-changing, and I think particularly to a sales organization, because I talk about that really being the formula to eliminate the toxic sales culture, because those do exist. Well, I'll tell you what, I can't tell you how many times, uh, we should probably, uh, Paul, at some point, we ask this question a lot, we should keep track of the people bring bring up, and Alex has come up quite a bit, and that specific story of hitting your number and doing it the right way has come up in various ways as well, the impact that guy's had. And B2B Martech especially has been pretty significant. Well, we are unfortunately out of time. I want to thank our guest again, Scott Ingram. He is the account director at Relationship One and the author of the new book, Sales Success Stories. Make sure you check it out on Amazon. Get a copy uh, and check out more and more about it at top1.fm. We are out of time. We will be here again next week. We've got a huge, huge agenda of great speakers and participants coming up the next few weeks here in the beginning of 2019 on Sales Pipeline Radio. But for today, on behalf of my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Heim. Thanks for listening to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. <laughs>